Do I get my paycheck from the theater tomorrow? Uh, Check my payment schedule. (laughs) Drum roll for the payment schedule. Well, 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 uh, well, I get paid every two weeks and I, and I just for, for, and I just blends together at some point. Uh, 13th, yep, I get paid tomorrow? Thir- no, no, Wait, 13th? Yes, I get paid tomorrow. Just throw it in a bag. Just for the light The only thing we're all just too uptight And everybody knows they've got the right Cool passions roam in your factions No taste for facts, the old days are back What is going on, fellow streamers? Welcome back to another edition of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform, TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's a duo show this week. It's KB and it's Christian back again. And uh, we're going to dive into the show we've been teasing for weeks now as I have finally gotten an opportunity to sit down, get logged back into my Apple TV And we're going to be breaking down the first five episodes of season one of Ted Lasso. We're going to take you all through everything that's been going on in CinemaCon. Christian and I have been watching some movies recently, too. We'll give some quick hit reviews that will also be on our letterbox. So make sure you're following us over there. And uh, we'll get into the streaming platform, Multiverse News and Notes as well. But Christian, welcome back to the show. I am... I am happy to be back. It is sad we are missing Dylan, but he is back on. But he is back on his Elvis. He's gone full Elvis. And what have they, what have they told us in in years past? Never go full Elvis. Uh, but hopefully Dylan oh, has baby. a oh baby Dylan oh, <laughs> oh mama. Uh, hopefully Dylan has a full recovery and gets plenty of peanut butter and banana sandwiches uh, to celebrate. But before we get into everything, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at StreamerSZN on Twitter, Instagram. Follow Christian on Twitter at TheWiz underscore PHI. Follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola. And you can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you decide to consume your podcast from because we are there. And uh, in lieu of Dylan being here, got to make sure you guys are leaving five-star ratings and reviews with show and movie recommendations. We've been getting a ton recently. Uh, To name a few that have been thrown our way, Beef is going to be added to the docket in the near future uh, because it's sweeping the nation uh, by storm. And uh, we've had a few movie and and other show recommendations as well that will uh, be popping up here and there, plus uh, our own personal recommendations. And if you stick around at the end... Of the streaming platform multiverse news and knows we have some updates on some things we're going to be doing 
as well. So make sure you leave your recommendations and reviews in the Apple Podcast reviews, and you can leave them in the YouTube comment section as well, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of every podcast on this network. You get clips, live streams, shorts, original content, all that good stuff. We are currently at 447 subscribers on the YouTube channel, trying to get to 500 and, of course, to 1,000, in which uh, when we hit that 1K mark, Dylan's cosplaying for New York Comic Con in the fall. I'll be watching season one of Game of Thrones. You already know the vibes. Go subscribe. And I will fill in the blank. Yeah, Christian's uh, task at hand is to be determined. Um, So make sure you go subscribe. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and smash that like button on YouTube. Ring the bell icon and comment down below your thoughts on everything we discuss on this episode, which is brought to you in part by our amazing merch partners, PHI Apparel Company, uh, who provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly and the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Get your streamer season hoodies, your shirts. As soon as I'm ready to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, that is my movie theater hoodie. My streamer season hoodie will be worn to every movie until the end of time because it is the most comfortable hoodie I own. It is one of the coolest hoodies I own, and it's a conversation starter. People are like, where'd you get that hoodie? Oh, PHI Apparel Company, and you're supporting us. It's the most effective and direct way to support us by getting your merch. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd Our listeners can use the promo code UNDERGROUND. Make sure you use that code so that way they know you're coming from us. You get 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Christian, I have finally gotten into the world of Ted Lasso. Wanka, you wanka. I, I am finally no longer a wanker. Uh, as I have consumed the first five episodes of season one, went on a, a little binge today as I finally had time to kind of sit down and, and do the deed. Um, Ted Lasso obviously kicked off uh, August 2020 on the old Apple TV. It has taken the, the world by storm since then. Um, the amount of... Uh, I'll, I'll kick this off here. The amount of incredible music used the because I had I had little to no knowledge about the show the nice little surprise appearance of the one and only Scott Van Pelt at the beginning of episode <laughs> one and the pure just unadulterated banter uh, both from Jason Sudeikis and the fans of AFC Richmond is yeah, unbelievable it, 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 this is this is an elite dialogue show. Yes. This is like you throw on the captions and you want to take a gazillion screenshots of them because they are instant memes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the overall concept of the show is incredible. Um, finally seeing the in real time uh, gif of Ted Lasso dancing with the football team. Uh, was incredible. Which, which I would just like to say, Wichita State has not had a football team since the 1980s. <laughs> so uh, that's even better. That's even better. So, yeah, yeah. The 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 the, uh, the program that the program got discontinued in 1986. 
So that's amazing. Yeah, just saying. Uh, that's great. Yeah, and I mean the show. I mean the pilot episode starts off with elite dialogue, elite banter between uh, Rebecca Welton and the now fired manager of AFC Richmond, naming his testicles. Just beautiful work, beautiful cinema. Um, and I mean, overall, like everything that people have talked to me about this show from the, the little knowledge that I've had, because I've tried to avoid as much as possible, knowing that I was going to eventually dive into the show, even before we added it to the docket. It's great. It's fun. It's easy to follow along with it. It feels almost, um, in a, in a weird way. It's like, because you're following along with a team too. It kind of has a hard Noxy vibe to it, which is fun. But not to the extent of like, oh, we're building this up about this one singular team. But like you're getting like it's... the peaks into the the locker room of a football club and, and kind of just learning the different dynamics of an American manager coming into a European sport. It's It, it has some like, and I'm saying this having never watched the whole show, but like comedically it has a little bit of like office vibes. Yes. And and again, it's like a workplace comedy, mm-hmm. but it 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 may not show now, but in season two, it it's a comedy and a like serious drama at the same time. So you'll it'll be interesting to see your your opinion evolve as we go through the go through the show. And I mean it's it's like a real it's a real time like peek behind the camera of like a franchise mode in a video game almost where like you're getting the dynamics of a front office, you're getting the dynamics of a coach, of a team, of individual players. And then the culmination of all of that coming to the field as well. Um, and then you're also getting like just the, the human element dynamics in a lot of ways uh, yeah. for all of these characters as well. And I mean, the, the casting for this show, from what I've been able to watch so far, is brilliant. Like even obviously Jason Sudeikis is a rock star, but like the, the rest of the cast around him is beautifully cultivated. Do you know the story behind 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 Brett Goldstein being ca- cast as Roy Kent? No. So he was one of the writers of the show, and as he was writing the show, he was like, "Roy Kent feels like me," and so he uh, so he basically made a audition tape and. And, and 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 told everyone like, hey, uh, I feel like I could be good for this. If not, just act as if this never existed. And uh, and and he tells the story, and he tells and he tells the story of him flying back to the back uh, back to the back to the UK, landing to to Texas, basically like, nope, perfect, you're 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 good. And 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 the funny part is, you listen to him talk in real life. 
He's not right yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having now gotten a little taste of Brett Goldstein in this role, too, like, it has me that much more excited for his role in the MCU. Um, but when the fuck are we going to get Hercules? That, that That's my biggest issue with that whole thing. It's like, Hercules, you're doing Brett Goldstein. I'm like, but when the fuck are we getting him? Like, why are you showing us that then? I'm uh, I'm a big fan so far of his character. Um, he's very You'll fun. Become an to, even bigger fan to just follow along with, and I mean, just the the dynamic of the show. Like I was mentioning earlier, like between kind of you you get like so many storylines all in a thirty minute time period, which is like in a lot of aspects, so many shows could not pull that off, and I think the way Ted Lasso has done it so far is damn near flawless to pack in almost like four different storylines into a 30 minute time block is phenomenal. One, one thing I will say is, and, and this is something people have also said, said about succession. This show takes a few episodes to truly get going. Mm-hmm. When it gets going. Whew. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like a, a slow burn. I would say for the first three episodes almost and then you really started to see the ball rolling and like episode five hit you right in the fucking feels and i was not emotionally prepared for that like that ending whatsoever um but the the way that they they story tell is unlike any show really that i've watched in recent memory like yes i agree with your take on like it giving like office vibes but like, it's a much more layered and detailed um, way of going about storytelling so far from what I've been able to consume, and I think that is a lot of fun. And it, I think it's only going to make me enjoy the show that much more. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's yeah. Also, okay. since we're talking about it, just a little sidebar. Did you see? Uh, as we record this on uh, Wednesday night, LeBron James wearing the AFC Richmond hoodie into. Uh, the Lakers game against the Grizzlies and AFC Richmond quote tweeted Lakers in five. And then he played like shit. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about AFC R- R- Richmond. Uh, you tune, uh, tune in to hear us talk about the end of the first season of Ted Lasso, everybody. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's see. What did LeBron do tonight, Kyle? Take take a guess. So the Lakers lost one sixteen to ninety nine. The Grizzlies just believed more. Yeah, yeah, but 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 what what, what was LeBron's final stat line? Ooh, um, let me think. Let me think. I'm gonna say he had seventeen points. Six rebounds, seven assists. No, uh, I, I will, I, I will say though, you, I will say though, you almost nailed Austin Reeves' stat line. Uh, LeBron was fifteen, ten, and five with five turnovers and a negative one rating. Austin Reeves 
was 17, 8, and 6 with a plus 5 rating. So, therefore, Austin Reeves is now better than Dan LeBron, right? Austin Reeves, gotta believe. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, and I think the way that this show so far through the first five episodes of season one that I have watched does a great job of character introduction. Like, I think a lot of shows can fall flat with the way that they roll out characters and how quickly they do it or how long it takes them to uh, introduce your your viewing audience to them. I think each episode so far has done a really, like, calculated job of introducing new characters in a way that really personifies who that character is. And I think that's just another added element to this show that makes it as great as it is. Yeah, one one thing this series does brilliantly is that despite it being half-hour episodes that become more like 40-minute episodes as the series goes on, with, with such a big team, everyone just continues to get a little bit more and a little bit more development, like even into season three. Someone, someone like Colin is now getting major storyline stuff. That's just great to see. Like it's, it's a very much a live, a living, breathing entity. And it is like one of those things where, you know, obviously if you if you don't listen to Top Bins, what are you doing? Go subscribe to our professional soccer podcast that covers. Uh, Serie A Premier League Champions League with Matt and Dom um, it, it gives you kind of a a personal idea of how I think most European fans tend to early on feel about an American manager coming in it's like what does this guy know about our sport um, and then you know the scene where, where Ted benches the guy at the end of the first half climbs up to the owner's box to get the okay during the game, uh, benches him, and then they end up winning the match. Um, was just, That was such a great scene. Like, A1, and it's like, you know, you get the – you put yourself in the fandom seat too, whether you're a fan of, of soccer or a fan of any sport. When you see a coach do something that you don't personally agree with, you're yelling at your TV, like, what the actual fuck is going on? Yeah. Shall we shall we get into these five episodes? Yeah. Let's uh let's get into it. Um so I mean episode one takes you through uh like we mentioned, Rebecca Welton recently divorced. She becomes the new owner of AFC Richmond, uh a struggling club in the Premier League, and uh to seek revenge on her ex husband who cheated on her multiple times and was never blamed for it, Rebecca resolves to hire the most incompetent coach she can find to ruin the club, as was the only thing her ex ever loved to send. Uh, <laughs> to this end, she hires Ted Lasso, a college football coach from Wichita, Kansas. And Ted has recently coached the NCAA Division II football team to a title, uh, but knows nothing about soccer like the mentions Wichita State, that uh, is also a fictional uh, football club. Which with a team which has not existed in over three decades. Uh, and arriving in Richmond with his assistant, Coach Beard, he tries to connect with his new compatriots with his positive folksy charm, but the club hates him anyway. 
He is thought of as a rube, uh, but it soon becomes clear he is smarter than he looks. And in his apartment at night, he speaks to his son and wife on the phone and hints that he took the job because his wife had wanted space. Overall, solid landing for a pilot. I think, you know, while it is a slow burn, like it gives you the the main pieces and components of what you're going to be following along with in this first uh, season, I think. And it lays the groundwork for what's to come. Um, so I, I didn't hate the pilot whatsoever. Yeah, it, it's it's nothing truly exceptional, but it does its job well. Like if like what it's a it's a seven. Yeah, I'd say it's like a seven point three. Yeah. Um, and there's not much to say about the first episode overall because, in essence, it is in. In essence, it is him on his flight there, him landing there, him going to see Tower Bridge, him going to the stadium, him doing a press conference, him leaving. Yeah, and then you get a nice little pop-up of SVP on Sports Center, and uh, the the iconic Ted Lasso dance, the iconic Ted Lasso dance gif that is still used to this day, and I think will be used for decades to come. Um, so yeah, I think it's overall solid first episode kind of gets a 7.2 overall there from us um that episode titled pilot uh directed by tom marshall um next episode uh directed by zach braff fantastic um shout out to scrubs um titled biscuits no, and, no. Uh, for 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 get scrubs shout out garden state <laughs> Uh, on his first day at AFC Richmond, Ted attempts to win over the players and management. He brings Rebecca Shortbread as a present. She rebuffs his attempt at friendliness but becomes obsessed with the biscuits. He quickly sees the team as a division, uh, has a division in the locker room. Roy Kent, an aging star, is constantly angry and at odds with James Hart. <laughs> Always angry. A young, egotistical talent. Seeing that another player, uh, Sam Obisanya, is homesick for Nigeria. Ted throws him a birthday party, even though the team had lost a game earlier in the day. Trying to win over Jamie, Ted seeks advice from Keely, Jamie's model girlfriend. Uh, she advises praise, which Ted does, and in an attempt to cause more problems for the team, Rebecca has a tabloid photographer of Lasso and Keely seemingly being intimate with each other with the intent of enraging Jamie. It is revealed that Ted bakes the biscuits he gives Rebecca himself. Um, gets the ball rolling with more kind of just like Deception sets the tone of, like, a villain and uh, just fun banter, new character introduction, and kind of just, like, the the resentment of the team against the new coach and everything. I think it was a, a very solid follow-up episode. Kyle, be a goldfish. God damn it. This... <laughs> The great thing about this show is there's so many great quotes, and 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 the way some of the quotes just just get no get no sold because Ted is so American is part of what makes this season great. Should we put "Be a Goldfish" on a T-shirt? 
can 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 we have Pat Pitts' face on the goldfish? Or just in the bowl? <laughs> <laughs> One oh, fish, man. two fish, goldfish, pat fish. One fish, two fish, goldfish, pat pits. <laughs> <laughs> There's an edit. Um, yeah, I think it was overall solid, like follow up episode. Um, probably like a seven, seven from me. Great character introductions. And like I said, sets the tone kind of gives you a, a villain arc. Um, I, I enjoyed the second episode a lot. I'm going to say seven, three, just, just because as someone who knows what, what goes on in the series, I want to leave myself more, more, more wiggle room, you know? Uh, so then we get to episode three, directed by Tom Marshall, Trent Krim, The Independent. Uh, so knowing that tabloid newspaper The Sun has photographs of them, Ted and Keeley go to Rebecca. She has their publication stopped, fearful. They will be traced back to her. But in exchange, Ted has to spend the day with Trent Krim, a tough reporter for The Independent, who we may or may not have Pat Pitts cosplaying as for Comic-Con 2023. Uh, Krim arrives skeptical. He finds out Ted's new plays were conceived by Nate, the kit man, uh, who I absolutely love, Nate. Big fan of Nate. Um, Don't worry, you're 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 gonna learn to hate him. <laughs> when Krim asks uh, him about the appropriateness of throwing Sam's birthday party after the previous week's loss, Ted tells him he's not concerned with wins and losses. Ted, Krim, and Roy go to a local school event to win over the children. Roy reluctantly but assertively confronts Jamie and a few other players who have been bullying Nate. And Ted invites Krim to dinner at a restaurant owned by the driver who picked him up at the airport. Ted, never having had Indian food before, gets very spicy food, but he eats it all to be polite. His mouth is all fire, Christian. The, the, the uh, keep, uh, keep going and, and then I'll, and I'll touch on something. Uh, Krim's write up about the quote lasso way is positive, which enrages Rebecca. What what Trent Krim writes about Ted eating the spicy food fucking kills me. It fucking Lay it kills out for me. everybody. Lay it out. For uh, where's shit? Give me give me a second, and I'll and I'll pull 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 up because it, it's it is just him like. Yeah, where is it? Uh, no, go back. I want my Trent Krim be independent. Go to the end of the episode. Uh, come on, Kyle, Phil, Phil, Phil. Uh, while Christian is doing that, make sure uh you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel, and. If you want to continue supporting this show in an effective and direct way, check out our partners at W Energy. They just celebrated their second birthday uh, and released a brand new flavor, Cali O Cream, which is uh, mango orange cream. It tastes just like a creamsicle. And they released this new shaker with a nifty looking panda on it. Uh, w is looking to go to war on big energy and clean up the energy game with zero calories, zero sugar. No maltodextrin fillers, no artificial colors, and it just tastes absolutely delicious. They've been keeping us energized for months now. Love Dubby. You guys can go and try Dubby yourselves. 
You go to W.GG, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all orders. Get your tubs, your shakers. They have merch as well. W.GG, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off and clean up your energy game. Shout out to our awesome energy partners at W. All right. Found it. And, and this is in an article Trent Krim pub, pub, published where he says, and I quote, or in a show of respect, eating food so spicy, it is sure to wreak massive havoc on his intestines. <laughs> Just like, okay, Trent. <laughs> Love it. Can can relate. Um, but yeah, I think this episode is great. I think the introduction of Trent Krim like, gives you the full-blown like watching from home fan experience of having like your reporter going in talking to the coach talking to the team being the guy that is known for being like the hard hitter uh which you know us being in the philadelphia area we know our reporters very very well um who would you say is the philadelphia equivalent to trent crim see i i Elliot Shore Parks? I don't know. I was gonna see. I think ESP, like, he's got Has... too much friendliness in his body, where Trent Krim is more like hard hitting. I was gonna say Jeff McClain. True, true. Like it's it's Philly sports is so segmented that it's hard to like pick one out. Like, I've got, I have one for you, though. Uh, is Josh Harris Rupert or, uh, or, uh, or is that the former Flyers chairman? Uh, what was it, Dave Scott? I think it might be Dave Scott. Does, does, does that work? <laughs> that probably plays. That plays. Like, like it's it's because like even the questions that Trent Krim like would ask are very um like the 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 I should say this actually the persona that Trent Krim has is the persona that Howard Eskin has but Howard Eskin doesn't ask it, those type of questions whatsoever yeah but and I don't even view Howard I will, Eskin as I will, a reporter yeah sure I. I will also say this as someone who has watched the show more. As the show goes on, you get more Trent Krim and more fun Trent Krim personality, which kind of leads me away from from any asking comparison. That being said, I uh, I have witnessed Howard Eskin playing the, the, the right. I went on the trip. To it was during Wentz's rookie year, uh, Ravens, uh, Ravens, Ravens, Eagles. Uh, I, 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 I would, I was at a dinner. Eskin was seated with a bunch of like normal people, and they got him to play that. And I, and, and I was just looking at them. As the table next to them, like, what the fuck is Eskin doing? 
Like it's it it's the strangest thing to watch that dude of all people do. No, no, yeah, like right, right. For everybody just listening, Christian witnessed Howard Eskin play the headbands game, which is incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Kyle, cl- clip it and post it to clip it and post the social because it because it is probably the like. Like he looks ridiculous, dude. <laughs> it, it, like, like Howard, like Howard, Howard, Howard is seen as this grumpy guy who can't spell things on Twitter correctly, but is like a legacy member of the Philly media who is notoriously con- con- confrontational on WIP. And here he is, like playing headbands with a bunch of fans, uh, at 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 at, at a like special team dinner thing. I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> That's absolutely incredible. That's an amazing moment. Um, oh, wow, that's awesome. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Bad moving time. to episode four, directed by Tom Marshall, uh, titled "For the Children." Uh, the team loses again, prompting Roy and Jamie to fight even more. Rebecca, whilst preparing for the annual charity ball, learns that Robbie Williams canceled on her unexpectedly, so she relies on Higgins to find another musical act. Uh, Roy and Jamie constantly feud setting Kelly or setting Keeley on edge. Rupert Mannion, Rebecca's ex-husband, arrives uh, and takes over the auction. Ted, who's trying to control Roy and Jamie's arguments, deduces that Rupert was the one responsible for Robbie Williams canceling in order to embarrass Rebecca. Rebecca later bonds with Keeley, and she convinces Keeley to break up with Jamie. Roy and Jamie make up and resolve uh, not to fight anymore. Rebecca, enraged at Rupert's sudden appearance and the fact that he donated one million pounds to the charity event to show her up, gets drunk with Keeley, and the two ride off in a rickshaw. Ted provides Higgins with a street performer, Ted had encountered earlier to replace the previous musician, and he has met with reception. I would, I would, I would, uh, I would just, uh, I would just like to say, uh, one million pounds is about one point two five million dollars. It's a lot of cash. A lot of cash. Uh, also, before we keep it pushing, your score for episode three, I think I give it like a 7.8. But yeah, I thought this, for the children episode, kind of got the ball rolling a little bit more, like you mentioned. Yeah. You finally got the snowball pushing down the hill a little bit and picking up steam. Um, Lots of fun banter in this episode. Lots of just like witty humor and... uh, just more back and forth between kind of positioned character feuds and everything across the board. Really well done episode. Yeah, it, you, you you very much get a lot more relationship based depth, which is a key to getting on with the show. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think I'm gonna give this one just a little tick up. I think it's a seven nine. Seven five. Uh, so then episode five, Tan Lines, uh, Elliot Haggerty is the director, Brett Goldstein, 
uh, is the writer for this episode, which I believe is his first episode he wrote. Uh, yes. Um, so Ted's wife, Michelle, and son, Henry, finally arrive, and they have fun together as a family until Ted finds his wife in tears. She confides in him that, although she desperately wishes this was not true, she doesn't love him anymore and has no idea why. She promises to keep trying regardless. Keely attends a promotion uh, shoot she had organized for Jamie. Rebecca and Roy both seem concerned Lying. with Keely. No, nothing. Uh, is wasting her time with Jamie, but Keely reassures them that her relationship with Jamie is over. On the field, Jamie continues to refuse to pass to his teammates and scores goals alone, leading fans and commentators to believe that AFC Richmond is solely reliant on Jamie. Ted sees how bad this is for the team's morale and benches Jamie right before halftime. This is met with harsh criticism from fans. Unfazed, Ted encourages his team to embrace change and believe in themselves. The team works together and manages to break the 2-2 tie to win the match. Ted, Beard, and Nate rejoice with the team, and later that evening, Ted tells Michelle that she does not need to try for his sake to make their marriage work, bidding her and their son farewell, which hit me absolutely right in the unprepared feels. Um, hit deep. I was, like, not emotionally ready for any of that to occur on my Wednesday. Um, also, the Jamie Tart baby shark uh, cadence there was fantastic because that is simply what all European Sports. soccer chants are, is just remixing other songs to fit the narrative of their team. Uh, so that was uh, a job well done there. This episode was just a dagger right into the gut. Um, lots of emotion, lots of just fun on the field uh, action and everything. And kind of shows you the, um, the decision making of Ted as a coach and how he wants to operate things for the first time. Um, thought it was a, a brilliant, brilliant episode. Yeah, this 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 episode is closer to what uh, closer to what you get through season two and through through season three so far in terms of humor mixed with dramatical impact. Like that, that this show is more directly a comedy than say than. Than, uh, than say something like Succession, but it when it when it acts more ser serious, this show can really really hit the feels. Yeah, it certainly did that for me today. Um, so there is uh, the first five. I'm going to give this episode an eight point two. Um, it's really well done, and it was like okay, eight. I got to stop watching for today. I'll say an eight. So there it is. Episodes one through five of season one of Ted Lasso. Um, we'll hopefully next week be through season one and then on to season two and then on to season three. Um, but if you're a Ted Lasso fan, leave a comment in the YouTube comment section. Uh, your thoughts on our breakdowns there and uh, what I should be preparing for with zero spoilers upcoming for our breakdowns of Ted Lasso. But without any further ado, Christian, before we keep it pushing, uh, our CinemaCon 2023 banter is brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. You guys, whenever I'm watching shows and movies at home, I'm wearing my blue light plus glasses to keep my eyes protected, less strained. 
I'm sleeping better when I'm wearing them because my eyeballs are not getting that harsh blue light coming into them. They've got sunglasses, blue light glasses, prescription lenses, and they're a quality product for a fraction of the big eyewear companies. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, check out everything that they have to offer uh, from everything I listed there. They also have merch, a whole bunch of good stuff over there. They've been rocking with us since 2020, right around the moment this podcast started. Uh, so definitely go check them out, support them, and go to TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to check out, when you have everything in your cart, use code USP, and you get 25% off your order. That's a, a product already at a fraction of the price of the big eyewear brands for even less than you could have imagined. 25% off when you use code USP at TomahawkShades.com. Christian CinemaCon has been going on, and uh, lots of stuff has been coming out. Break it down for the people. What what are some of the big things that have uh, popped up from CinemaCon? Uh, so I think the thing that's most notable for this podcast is that we got another Flash trailer, and there was a screening of the Flash. Which, I will say this, the, the newest Flash trailer, pretty good trailer. It's... It, it's it's not a Logan level trailer, but then again, I, I fully contend that the first Logan trailer is like the best trailer of the last decade plus. Uh, but that, and it's gotten rather good, and it's gotten rather good reviews. So there's the Flash. Um, alongside that, Warner Brothers stuff, uh, Barbie and Dune. Like pre, pre pretty much the entire Warner Brothers presentation got pretty good buzz. Uh, Universal had the presentation tonight. Uh, double check on what they've been saying, but uh, but I know there there were good things being talked about about Oppenheimer. I know there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie for all those. Video game fans, uh, I'm not seeing anything posted on that at the moment. It is what it is. Uh, what else do we have? Um, I think my biggest uh, thing that I saw that uh, I'm stoked about is all Little the Craven Mermaid, the Craven the Hunter stuff. One that it's rated, rated R. R. Two, uh, they it, did show it, it, a screening of it, I believe, uh, at CinemaCon, and. There is news that the Rhino is going to appear in Craven, which is exciting and kind of interesting since we got the Rhino in the Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man universe. Don't we, I don't think we know who is playing the Rhino, uh, but it will definitely be very interesting if it is uh, the one and only Paul Giamatti <laughs> um, because that is like what everyone expects the Andrew Garfield like Spider Verse mm -hmm. is is in this yeah. Sony Spider Verse, so we'll see if that holds up or not. Um, the other bit from Craven that I saw was the, I think the opening sequence they um, mentioned like what it kind of opens with, which the fact that it's rated R and this is what we're getting to is freaking sweet. Uh, if, I can... if only if only Marvel would do a rated R film, like so. So I I fully contend this and and everything. 
if they if they let Sam Raimi make make multiverse of add multiverse of madness as rated R, that could have been good to this all get out, man. Hundred. That could have been so good. Um, so the first trailer for Craven will debut in theaters uh, this summer, which is pretty exciting because I think Craven's supposed to come out in October. Yeah, somewhere um, around there. Like we mentioned, um, the Rhino appears in Craven, and the first footage from Craven reveals Aaron Taylor Johnson in the vest uh, as he slices up a military convoy in very bloody fashion. Other stuff we've caught word about. Uh, Black Mirror Season 6 coming in June. Yes, please. With uh, the, which features people such as Aaron Paul, Daniel Portman, Image Pinnell, Josh Hartnett, Michael Sarah, Rob Delaney, Salma Hayek, Zazie Beats. We got more of the Little Mermaid trailers, which again, don't need to exist. Kyle, feel, uh, feel, uh, feel free to insert the Peter Club heel heel turn here. Yep, Tell <laughs> that happened. Uh, the more and more things that have come out about this movie, they have just gotten less and less excited about it. They said, you know, the the realism of the actual, you know, sea creatures is terrifying. The lyric changes in songs is like, what are we doing? Um, and I think we have finally unlocked their brains to realizing that we don't need these live-action remakes of animated things because they're animated. There's a reason that they are conveyed in animation. It's so you get lost in the animation. It's not that hard to conceptualize. Animation. So, uh, two other things I'm kind of just talking a lot about Warner Brothers here. Uh, the, uh, there is the, uh, the actual music version of The Color Purple coming out later this year. Did you know about this, Kyle? I did. We were talking about that in the group chat as well. Kind of excited. And uh, just so, just to highlight some uh, very compelling names in this. Coleman, Coleman Domingo, Taraja P. Ensign, Corey Hawkins from In the Heights. Her. Uh, Andrew Ellis. So, that that should be fun. That should have some Oscar buzz. Uh, and then, so Kyle, you, do you know about the film Wonka? Yeah, that's with, uh, what's his name, right? Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. Do you know who, who Hugh Grant is? Mm-hmm. Apparently, in the trailer, he's in Ubalupa. <laughs> I okay. Humpa Loompa, Hugh Grant. Humpa Loompa. So, sorry, sorry. Full, full disclosure. My friend Ryan came up with that. I can't take credit for that. As soon as he said that, I said oh, that. Man. As soon as he said that, I said that's late. I'm stealing that. Thank you. Um, other stuff. People got to look at. Spider Verse, cool. We, uh, I do have a little bit of Spider Verse here. Uh, the footage that they showed, 
included snippets of new music from Metro Boomin. Let's go. Uh, pic- pictures Ele- Elemental got shown there. It, it's it's also playing at Cannes. Uh, Disney showed footage of the Holland Mansion film, which didn't, which doesn't need to exist, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, there's another uh, Hercule Poirot film being done, which again doesn't need to exist. Thank you all. Um, oh, this one is for Dylan because he can't be here. Next goal wins trailer dropped today. A a a blonde haired a blonde haired soccer coach Michael Fassbender in American Samoa based on true story. Uh, looks very much like a film you would get from like the two thousands or, or late nineties. Sure, it looks okay. I'll end up watching it. Uh, anything else of note? Uh, they apparently showed a brief glimpse of Wicked Kyle. Wait, or, or, or should I say Wicked Part 1, directed by John Chu? I did see some, uh, I think TMZ had tweeted out like a week or so ago, set footage of Ariana Grande as yeah. Glenda and like her voice in what was tweeted out holy shit see i no matter how good she does i will still have kristen shenless high pitch which just stuck in my head kung fu panda 4 is in the works sure yeah there's a amy winehouse biopic black back to black that's right filming that Fast X Part 2 comes out in 2025. Why? Why do we need it? Why? You want to talk about movies we don't need? Yeah. Uh, we got footage for The Fall Guy, which is a... which Early reactions to it from what, from what have what have been shown, they've, they've been calling it uh, the better version of Bullet Train. I'm like, okay. Good, better, yeah. Uh, which it stars my beloved Ryan Gosling as a retired stunt performer who gets called back into the in industry by his ex-wife. And as Gosling, Emily Blunt, Stephanie Sue, Winston Duke, Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso, and Craven the Hunter himself. I'm here for it. I also love the the, like common actors used in a lot of those movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think without any further ado, further ado, let's get into everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> It is the streaming platform Multiverse News and Notes brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, Dylan's favorite beverage of choice when he's watching his favorite shows and movies. 
Uh, Kenwood Beer has been sponsoring us and been on board with us as the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia for I don't even know how long, for a very long time now. It's a refreshing light beer that's only 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, 10 grams of carbs. You guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see us Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You can buy Kenwood at your local Philadelphia area liquor store, or if you're in eastern Pennsylvania, you can get it at your local Whole Foods. Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. Must be 21 or older uh, in order to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Christian, I think uh, the first thing I have to kick it off here is a little bit of a uh, news on some uh, movie review that might be coming to the show uh very very soon i'm sure you saw this but uh parasite releases on hbo max on may 1st all right kyle <laughs> it's my time to shine buddy it's, it is my time to shine it's my time to shine chief uh we also have watched a few movies over the past couple of days christian you finally Watched Lion King. I uh, watched Mulan for the first time in a long time. The animated one, not the one that uh, somehow exists in live action. It doesn't actually exist. Uh, hashtag not my Mulan. Um, the I watched the hashtag, animated Mulan. <laughs> hashtag justice for justice for Mushu. Justice for Mushu and music. Um, I also watched the Whitney Houston biopic. And I also watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Christian, the floor is yours. Your thoughts on The Lion King as you have finally watched it. So, let me first state this, that I have been meaning to watch The Lion King. I I didn't grow up watching a lot of those Disney films I grew up on. Pinocchio, Fantasia, Sin, Sin, uh, technically grew up on Cinderella, though I never watched it. The Shaggy Dog, 101 Dalmatians. So all these more classic films. And so I wasn't that involved in the whole 1990s boom and given the significance of the Lion King, it was something I knew I had to get to. It was just a matter of getting to it and finally got to it. And yeah, it's the best Disney musical top to bottom. No questions asked. And I just want to say, because I know people may find this controversial. If you go back and look at a lot of the original Disney musical stuff, it's not that good. Like, I say this with all the respect in the world, but like Fantasia is very much a spectacle more than a mm-hmm. musical, so I'll I'll give it credit for that. But like Peter Pan has songs, but Peter Pan's aged horrifically in in terms of all of that stuff in there. Still haven't watched Lady in the Tramp, that's one of my blind spots, yada 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 etc. etc. Sleeping Beauty, eh? It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's it's your typical princess and prince charming tropes. Yeah, and 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 all that stuff. But I truly think '90s is where like just the best Disney musicals period have come from. Beauty and the Beast, 
Aladdin, which fully thrives off of Robin Williams being a maniac. Lion King. Toy Story. Her, 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 Toy Story is not technically a musical, but Toy Story is in there. No, it's it, Mulan. And I think that's our segue. Yeah. Watch Mulan for the first time in I don't even know how long. Um, certifiably entrenched in my top Damn. 10 Disney movies of all time. Um, the music is just so good. And it is who whoever made the sign-off decision for the alleged live-action Mulan movie that happened uh, to eliminate the music should be tried for war crimes because the music in that movie is just brilliant. Like banger after banger after banger after banger in that movie. You want to sing it at the top of your lungs. You're bobbing your head to everything. One of the most iconic lines in a Disney movie ever is dragon, dragon. I ain't no lizard. I don't do that tongue thing. Eddie Murphy to Mulan is what Robin Williams is to Aladdin, and Mushu is one of the greatest supporting characters of all time. Um, the the sequences of just like the fight scenes in that movie, even though it's animation and like they do it so well, the cultural riffs that are in there. There's some there's some lines that are like, "Ooh, I can't believe you put that in a kids movie." Um, but Mulan is an absolute banger of a movie. I absolutely loved it. Our review uh, across the board will be on our letterbox. Just follow us there, streamer season. Um, absolutely love Mulan. It, it, like I said, it's firmly entrenched in my top ten Disney movies of all time. Yep, um, it is one of the greatest. The, uh, the Whitney Houston biopic. I want to dance with somebody. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's on Netflix. Um, I think it's like the number two movie on Netflix right now on like the trending list, which take that for what it's worth, obviously. Um, I'm a big Whitney Houston fan and just like, obviously her death was insanely tragic. Um, but I think the way that they story told and the way that like they detailed so many events and like, gave you a look behind the curtain on a lot of things that like unless you googled it or you know were living through it at that time which a lot of that I was not born or like super super young um you learned so much about her life and her career and like what she went through how things were kickstarted uh for her and like the the chain of events for her to get to where she was in her career and things that happened throughout her career um the the overall tone of the biopic is is phenomenal um i want to pull up the uh while while you're pulling it up philadelphia union game ends in a 1-1 tie yeah, which lafc scored in extra time those bozos I want to give my flowers to Naomi Aki, who plays Whitney Houston. She was phenomenal. Like she, 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 she puts in the best attempts she could. 
she did such a great job. And I think the um, the the one of the key parts of I Want to Dance with Somebody is the way that they cast this really like personifies each actual like each real life person with the actor that plays them and portrays them. They did such a great job um, across the board. I think they they end it perfectly. There's live footage from certain aspects of things. Um, they take you through real life historical events uh, that are you know pertain to Whitney Houston. It, it was a really fascinating uh, job well done biopic for for Whitney and. I highly recommend watching it. It's one of the better biopics I've watched in a long time. Um, so definitely, definitely recommend it. It, uh, it did justice and, and really told Whitney Houston's story uh, pretty damn well. And lastly? Uh, I watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Typical that's the one. That's the one with McConaughey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's great in that um, the one of the funniest parts of that movie came out in 2003. Uh, there's a whole running like background story of the NBA Finals going on, and it's <laughs> the Knicks and the Sacramento Kings, which like <laughs> what? <laughs> um, this cast is loaded too uh, for a movie in 2003, and you look at it now, 20 years later. Kate Hudson, Matthew McConaughey, Katherine Hahn, Adam Goldberg, uh, Thomas Lennon, uh, Michael Michelle, uh, Shalom Harlow. Awesome yeah, that, cast. That, that, like the the thing is like when you look at when you look back at late nineties, early two thousands rom coms, it's like these are pretty good. These are pretty good casts here, man. Like. Mm-hmm. Like even even going back to one of my favorites, 10, 10 things I hate about you, Drew 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 Styles, Heath Ledger, rest in peace, Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, Dave David uh, David Crumholtz, Gabrielle Union, Allison Janney. I'm like okay, people, good actors, yeah, yeah. I mean, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days just fantastic you know it's kate hudson her character trying to push the boundaries of what she can write about in her new piece about how to get a man to leave you in 10 days um her editor loves it and andy goes off to find a man to use for the experiment enter matthew mcconaughey who's so confident in his romantic prowess that he thinks he can make any woman fall in love with him in 10 days and when andy and ben meet their plans both backfire um I mean, for a movie that came out 20 years ago, too, it still holds up really, really well. Um, very enjoyable. It's one of those ones, you know, if it's a Saturday afternoon, you throw it on, and it's it's a it's a fun, lighthearted watch. Um, it was fun. That was another movie that I just haven't watched in forever. Um, and to just see how well it held up, the cast, is, it's, it's very funny. There's a lot of fun tropes in it, and uh, very enjoyable rom-com. Yep. To be honest, I haven't seen it, but it's 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 on list of films I know. It checks the boxes for a lot of the uh, yeah. the rom com department boxes to fill. Um, moving on to 
that review will also be on our letterbox. So make sure you're following us on letterbox. Just search streamer season. Um, we got our new look at Tom Holland in the crowded room series premiering on Apple TV plus. Don't June care. 8th. Tom. Um, um, Apple seems to be the place where Tom lives outside of Sony. Well, we'll see right here's what's, uh, what's, uh, what's the name of the show again? The crowded room. Because I want to check one thing. Who? Okay, it is not being produced by the Russo brothers. Okay, fine. Um. Well, I mean, you're a little I more mean, in than previously stated. <laughs> I'm not even in as much as I'm more willing to give this a chance because it's Tom Holland not in a Russo Brothers film-ish type thing Be, because I still view Spider-Man as inherently Russo Brothers because of the MCU tie-ins and they, and they also produced Ch- Cherry, which was I think also an Apple movie. Which we don't need to talk about Cherry. I don't ever plan on watching Cherry. I tried watching Cherry when I first found out I had Apple TV Plus, and I was just like, "Eh, maybe I don't feel like it." Yeah, like, like Tom. How do I put this nicely? God bless Tom Holland, the person. Outside of Spider Man, he's shit. Like, like. Sure, you can try and talk up his performance, talk up his performance in The Impossible, but it's like, he was like 12. (laughs) What, as soon as he's like become an adult going into films, it's like, Spider-Man film is good. And then you just look at the work he's done, it's like, Doing voice work and spies in disguise, Doolittle and Onward, and his live action films are Devil All the Time, Cherry, Chaos Walking. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Oh, and oh, and lest lest we forget Un- Uncharted, which to be fair, I don't inherently think Uncharted is Tom Holland's fault, as much as it's Sony failing to uh, put forth a good product, but still. Uncharted. Is it fair to say that one of Tom Holland's uh, featured masterpieces is when he uh, comes on stage and dances to Umbrella? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very, very very much so. Um, Francesca Scorsese's short film Fish Out of Water will premiere at Tribeca Film Festival in June. I mean, if I'm being honest, that's happening because Marty, Marty Apple. being from New York. Well, seriously, if it's good, then the Nepo shit doesn't matter. If it's not good, we can have mm-hmm. the Nepo argument. Because if we're being honest, there's plenty of Nepo people in Hollywood, and it doesn't matter. Ready? I have. I, I have three words for you. Jamie Lee Curtis. Good. She She's the good version of Nepo. And now the bad version of Nepo, I don't care 
what people say about how good his signature show is. Sam Levinson can go die on a rock. Also, more recent uh, Nepo Baby, where it doesn't matter, Maya Hawk. Yeah. Like, she's... She's a fucking rock star. She's... She also does, like, very different things. She's... Yeah. She... uh, do I want to say this? I'm going to say this, even though this may stir up some shit. Uh, because the person who I'm going to bring up just has like done only weird films. She's like the better version of better version of Lily Rose Depp. Yes. Because, God bless Lily Rose Depp. She is very good looking. Her film choices are fucking bizarre, man. Yeah. Like, if, like, which, which me, like, we're going to have to talk about The Idol when it comes out because The Weeknd's in it in one of the starting roles. So we're going to have to talk, talk about it. But it's like, if you look at Lily Rose Depp's film, film market for which, which, which people don't know. Her father's Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Uh, and her mother is a French singer, model, actress, yada. Um, her first film credit is in the film Tusk, which if you ever want to watch a cursed fucked film, watch Tusk. Uh, her, she then goes on to... Uh, she then goes on to appear in a few uh, Kevin Smith films... In uh, in in a few other French films, she then shows up in the 2019 Netflix film The King alongside Timothy Chalamet, which Kyle, right? I want you to type in, I want you to type into Google Lily Rose Depp Chalamet wrote, and 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 just look at some of the pictures. <laughs> and so so well i just found an instant meme of uh chalamet doing a uh, can opener into the ocean <laughs> do 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 we want to talk about uh Timothy basically pushed up against the railing of the boat. Do you want to talk about that one? <laughs> Let's not and say we did. All right, uh, but 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 yeah, oh yeah. She has now dated Timothy Chalamet and Austin Butler. I'll just leave that there. Uh, in 2021, she did Crisis. She went full Elvis. Yeah. In 2021, <laughs> she 2021 she did Crisis, Voyagers, Silent Night. And Wolf, which do you know about the film Wolf, Kyle? I do not. So it's basically a film where all these teens are basically put into mental facilities by their parents uh, because these kids think they are they think they are animals. So so and and once again, we 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 we're dealing with the wildcats here. George, uh, 
George uh, George McKay, who uh, who was in 1917, thinks he's a wolf. Lily Rose Depp thinks she is a wildcat, and Patty Considine plays the zookeeper, quote unquote. And now she finally has a chance at making a fucking normal film. Which I don't know how normal it can be because of the director, but it's directed by Robert Eggers, who's known for films such as The Witch and The Lighthouse, which not very normal films. But that's 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 besides the point. He's remaking Nosferatu with with a elite cast of Bill Skarsgård, Nicholas Holt, Lily Rose Depp, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Emma Corrin. Willem Dafoe, Ralph Innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, Lily Rose Depp may make a normal film, but uh, the thing with the idol is we've talked about the supposed rewrites that went on with that and Sam Levinson removing a lot of the weight in favor of his pat 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 instead of his patented sexually repressed desires going onto the page <laughs> at this point. So yeah, we'll see. Uh it it premieres a can. Yeah, but just to bring a full circle, Sam Levinson is very much not his father. Barry Levinson, who's who directed such who wrote slash directed such films as Diner, The Natural uh, yeah. The did he natural? Yeah. Diner, The Natural, Rain Man, Good Morning v- Vietnam. Like just <laughs> Sam, buddy, you ain't never reaching those heights, so quit while you're ahead. Okay? Thanks. Uh next up on the list here in a complete reverse of what Netflix is doing that Dylan and I talked about last week. David Zaslav says Warner Bros. uh no longer has any interest in doing direct streaming movies. Good job. Because guys, there's money to be made in a theater, even with minor marketing. You know Netflix? Apple's putting stuff to theaters. Amazon's putting stuff to theaters. You're losing out here, guys. I hate to break it to you. Uh, you brought up the Wonka movie. Christian Timothy Chalamet said he ate too much chocolate on the set and swam in actual chocolate. Yeah, uh, and and uh, and then during the presentation of Dune Part Two, my favorite French fraternity in the world. Denis Villeneuve brought up, brought up, uh, brought up how, uh, brought up how, brought up how Chalamet came to set with an expertise in chocolate. <laughs> I call that livid. Uh, next up on the list here. Uh, Viola Davis says that she wants to do a zombie movie. Quote, I want my version of Train to Busan. I want to fight some zombies. That's what I want to do. 
Stop using Train to Busan as the standard, you fucks. You were already remaking Train to Busan, which the remake, which, 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 which by the way, the English language remake is, is being called, I think, Last Train 2, or is it from New York? Either way, doesn't matter. No way it's nearly as good as the Korean film. So why don't you just, I don't know, go create an original concept zombie film instead of you being like, oh, I, I want Last Train to Busan. No, stop using that as the example. Stop using that. The best zombie film in fucking years. No. No, 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 no. Uh, four years ago, one of the greatest uh, cinematic experiences happened as Avengers Endgame released in theaters. I think that was one of the peak moments of just people in a movie theater together enjoying the culmination of a decade of movies together. And uh, shout out to LaShawn McCoy for spoiling it for everybody on Twitter. Like, let's, let's put it like this. It's the it, it was the biggest cinematic event since either Titanic or Avatar. Yeah. So basically, the biggest cinematic event since the James Cameron film, and it's and it's now been repassed by Avatar. So. Uh, we got an official announcement that Black Mirror season six is happening with an absolutely. Buku Bonko's cast. I already brought this up during the CinemaCon bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, great. 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 Great thing. Hopefully we get to talk about it on the show more. Looking here. What else do I have? Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie has past $900 million worldwide. <laughs> I saw the movie. It is shit. It is not good. I can't wait to see it. Uh... It's not good. It's uh, it's already the 72nd highest grossing film ever. Not adjusted for inflation. I hate this bullshit. Uh, we got our first look at Merry Little Batman. Film follows Batman, Alfred, and a young Damian Wayne, now known as Little Batman, as they navigate the fun and frustrations of life as a super family. The film will release on Prime Video alongside a spin off series. Uh, I'm indifferent. Uh, I think we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Bob Odenkirk has been cast in The Bear Season 2. Um, uh, Ghosted, which is a movie I've been recommended uh, that no. we check out. No. It's now the most watched film on Apple TV Plus of all time. Kyle, you are not getting me to watch that film. You feel free to subject Dylan to it. I am refusing based on principle. Uh, I I I don't care if I love Ana de Armas and I love Chris Evans. The film looks like dog shit. Like visually, looks like dog shit. Like no thanks. 
that is all I've got, and we're a week away from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Woohoo! Can't wait. Um, any final thoughts, Christian, before we get up out of here? My final thoughts are uh, it's draft week. I hope everyone watched draft day on HBO Max to uh, to to get in the mood for what's maybe one of the most chaotic drafts of the past decade coming up over the next few days. If not, this is a reminder that that movie's on HBO Max. Go ahead and have fun with that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, make sure you guys are following us at streamer S Z N on Twitter, Instagram, letterboxd, follow Christian on Twitter at the whiz underscore P H I follow me at K B I Z Z L three one one follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review with your movie and show recommendations. And you can do the same on YouTube, youtube.com slash at underground sports, Philadelphia, you get full video episodes of this show and all the podcasts on our network. You get live streams, original content, all on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe on that road to 500 subscribers and, of course, 1,000 subscribers. And uh, make sure you get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. And uh, one thing we're going to be adding... Uh, along the way, not sure when we're full-blown starting, but Dylan and I will be doing a Star Wars Rebels uh, prep watch to get ready for Ahsoka late this summer. Um, so be ready for that as we'll be uh, doing some deep dive watches on that to get prepared for Ahsoka to have a little bit better uh, viewing experience for later this summer. But... That's going to do it for this episode of Streamer Season, the exclusive streaming platform, TV and movie podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Christian, I'm KB. We're going to go uh, believe some more. And until next time, we're getting the heck up out of here. Later. Peace.